Today's reading is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amongst the weirder things I'll remember from 2020, and that's quite an accolade, is the sight of empty toilet roll aisles in Sainsbury's. I remember when I first heard that people were panic buying loo roll, that my first thought was, what sort of idiot stockpiles loo roll? Of course, my second thought was, I'd better check, we've got enough loo roll. And flour, that was a strange one, wasn't it? People who have never baked in their lives loading kilos of the stuff into their trolleys. There was a joke about drug dealers cutting flour with cocaine because the flour had a greater street value. It was like a collective madness descended on the nation. No matter how often supermarket bosses went on the news saying, It's okay, we've got plenty, nobody's going to go without, you don't need to panic. People were stockpiling toilet roll, hand sanitizer, and dried pasta like it was never going to be available again. And we kind of knew it was mad. People were saying things like, I know it's stupid, but everyone else is doing it, so you've got to make sure that you're not caught short. It was like we were in the grip of something which had a power over us, had us under control. Now, I was not particularly bothered about toilet roll. But before anyone accuses me of considering myself oh so superior, I wasn't totally immune to stockpiling. I bulk ordered coffee. That was one thing I seriously couldn't risk running out of. Pandemics pretty quickly teach you your idolatries. There are all sorts of things exerting power and influence over us all the time. Sovereignty has been a big issue in our news over the last few years. The notion that we had ceded too much power to the EU and that we needed to take back control proved persuasive in 2016, however true or otherwise it was. But other more subtle influences exert power over us all the time. Companies spend millions trying to persuade us that however happy we thought we were 30 seconds ago, our life could be just so much better 
if we just had X. Or in recent years, we've become aware of how people with spurious motives seek to influence our thinking with fake news stories on social media. Or even just hint that we're not getting the full story. Or let's bring it closer to home. How many of us are in the grip of habits, practices, thought patterns, which we know, if we're honest, don't do as much good, but we can't break out of them. It's like they've got us under control and they exert far, far more influence over us than they should. The church in Ephesus, who received the letter that we've just read part of, from a guy called Paul. They knew all about powers and authorities. Ephesus was the centre of Roman imperial power in the Asia Minor region in the first century. That was where they established and enforced their rule. It was also a centre of religious power. All sorts of cults and deities, even magic, had established centres in the area. And in amongst that great big city was a small handful of people, probably not much more than will be allowed to gather under proposed COVID restrictions for Christmas, were seeking to follow a guy called Jesus. Their central creed or affirmation was that this Jesus was Lord. Basically, they were saying that no matter how it looked, the real ruler of the world was Jesus. In a city like Ephesus, which screamed imperial might and proclaimed the power of all sorts of other gods with their really impressive temples, that must have seemed like a ludicrous claim. Come on, look around you. How can this Paul speak of their god having incomparably or immeasurably great power? And I'm sure they had their own personal struggles just as we do. They probably find it hard enough to access that power in their own lives, let alone anywhere else. Jesus had enough trouble being Lord of their little lives, let alone their city or their world. And that's why Paul speaks of the need for their hearts to be enlightened. It wasn't obvious. They did feel under pressure from all sorts of external powers and internal influences. But Paul isn't just telling them to use their imagination. He offers them the ultimate example of that power. That God had put his power at work in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You see, that's how powers showed who really was more powerful, who was in charge around here. You had two choices. You can do what we want or they'll kill you. The Romans had designed the 
particularly brutal way of doing that, a way of killing that kept people in the maximum amount of pain for the longest period of time, which could be conducted with the greatest public humiliation. It was called crucifixion. And one of the people who suffered that was the Jesus whom this small band of followers of Jesus worshipped. The Romans had shown him who really ruled the world. The only problem was that power wasn't enough to stop what God was doing in Jesus. Because God raised him from the dead. When the stone was rolled back from the sealed entrance of that tomb, it was as if God was effectively saying, is that really all you've got? And Paul goes on later in Ephesians to speak of that power being able to do far more in us than we can ask or imagine. Paul speaks of hope and inheritance, both words future oriented. But he talks about stepping into it now. Of that same power that was at work in raising Jesus from the dead. Being at work in that tiny band of Jesus followers in Ephesus. And in us. It's at work in us. I imagine you, like me, have felt at the mercy of all sorts of things this year. Restrictions on what we can do, at the mercy of our emotions, the sudden urge to buy enough toilet roll to take you through to the 22nd century. And with it, for the time being at least, has gone a way of life that we once knew. All sorts of things have been lost in 2020. And it's good to acknowledge them and mourn them. But at Advent we remember that our hope is in Christ and in a God with incomparably great power. A God of resurrection. A God who brings new things out of the ruins of the old. And I don't know what 2021 and beyond holds. In some ways, it will look similar to what we had before. In other ways, it will be very different. Because that's how resurrection works. The risen Christ, in some way, was recognisable as the crucified Jesus, not least because he bore the scars. But he was also quite different. And that power can be at work in us as we face a quite uncertain future. Yes, we are under the influence of all sorts of internal and external influences. But there is one who is over all of them, whose power is greater. And he is for you. So. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for you and me when we believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted 
when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Grace and peace to you.